Peter Title Prater. Welcome to JC Talks, a podcast about life and leadership. I'm an organizational consultant and professor of business and leadership. My entire purpose is to help you, your team, and your organization be more impactful, more effective, and more profitable. When the leader gets it right, everybody wins. This podcast is my opportunity to share with you great interviews, great books, great articles, and the important lessons I am learning on the journey. My only hope is that the next few moments add value to your life and to your leadership. Stay tuned. teaching a class uh, this quarter at Azusa Pacific University, their School of Business and Management, and it's called Managing Teams and Conflict. And so I taught it this summer to a group of students and I'm teaching it right now. It's it's really a, a great class you know, to talk about. Uh, but before we begin to dive into conflict, I wanted to study it a little bit from a personal perspective and also have to have something to offer to the, uh, to the students who were taking the class. And what I came to find, because I like to look at two sides to every issue, right? So there are so many articles about out there about managing conflict. So many articles. There are articles out there that talk about why conflict is bad and why you need to get rid of conflict and why it needs to be done away with. I wanted to, uh, I think in the process, I also started looking for what are the positives of having conflict in relationships or teams or organizations, and I could find nary a one. And and I'm going to read about that here in just a second, too. Uh, I'm not the only one who could find nary a one. Uh, Why? Because when we talk about conflict, what do we typically talk about? We talk about managing it. We talked about handling conflict. Um, it's not a good thing. It's not, it's not something we look at and say, hey, this could be positive for the team or for the organization. So I want to dive into that today. And I think we're titling the episode this week or today, uh, why you need conflict uh, in your life and in your leadership, why you need conflict. I think it's really important. But before we do that, let's dive into the, to the definition. What is conflict? And here's what I did. All I did was a simple Google search. And here's some answers I came up with. Okay. A serious disagreement or argument, typically a protracted one, competitive or opposing action of incompatibles, an incompatibility between two or more opinions, principles, or interests can be defined as a disagreement between two or more individuals or groups with each individual group trying to gain acceptance of its view or objectives over others. Conflict is defined as, so these are uh, five different definitions here. Here's the last definition. Conflict is defined as a clash between individuals arising out of a difference in thought process, attitudes, understanding, interests, requirements, and even sometimes perceptions. A conflict results in heated arguments, physical abuses, and definitely loss of peace and harmony. That is a, I mean, that, I mean, just, just so let's look at all of the uh, words in that that kind of provide a, a negative s- a stereotype to this idea of conflict. So here are some of the words. Serious disagreement, argument. And I, I'm reading, I've highlighted the words in these definitions that we just read that help us, that bring, that it's, these words are the reason why we look at conflict in a negative light. Opposing action, incompatibility, 
incompatibles, disagreement, clash, heated arguments, physical abuses, loss of peace and harmony. Conflict is so, uh, at least here in the Western world, in the United States, it is such a taboo subject that you've probably seen this statement before, right? Uh, I don't know who originally said it, but it just says it's never discussed politics or religion in polite company. Uh, that's just kind of a rule we have here. But I, w- I want to I want to throw something out before we keep diving forward. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, and she had a powerful statement to make about that right there. Never discuss politics or religion in, in polite company. She said. That shows the epitome of U.S. privilege that we can go to parties and we can go to gatherings and that we can avoid talking about two of the most foundational and fundamental aspects of human life, um, politics or religion. I mean, as you know, politics and religion, these are the two things that really uh, they help to define people. Some people's entire lives are defined by politics and religion. Matter of fact, all of us, really, if we think about it over the course of history, our lives are defined by one or both of these two things. So it's it's a you know, some some countries, they have to be actively engaged in politics and religion because it is such uh, they're living in such uh, horrible situations. They don't know if the water is going to come on tomorrow. They don't know if. um if the lights are going to come on, they don't know if the building's going to be standing. They don't know if there's going to be food in the grocery stores, right? Uh, basic human needs that you and I, at least if you're listening and you're from the U.S., basic human needs that we have in kind of our Western society. There are other countries that that's not that's just not that's not common to them. So they have to talk about politics and religion, which means they're going to have conflict. And it's easy for us to shut off CNN or Fox News or New York Times or Washington Post, whatever, and just tune it out and go back to our normal lives. Um, But I thought that was really powerful that she said that that is the epitome of privilege for us to believe that we shouldn't talk about politics or religion. So here's what I want to do in 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 this podcast in the next few moments. I want to help us redefine conflict and potentially see it as a very powerful tool and why this is important. And I'll just say, I'll give you, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you ahead of time why this is important is because a lot of times on our teams uh, as leaders, we're very quick to, to put the, you know, put the, uh, put the kibosh, if you want to say it that way on conflict, we're, we're very quick with the devil's advocate. We shut the person down and we think of this person as a rabble rouser causing problems uh, we're very quickly in a, in a team. We hire people who are yes people because we don't want people pushing back on our ideas. We don't want people to have different ideas. So we do everything we can in so many relationships, especially in the workplace, to make sure that we have a lack of conflict. And I think that probably holds back a lot of organizations. I know it does. I don't even have to say it, probably. I know it does. It holds back a lot of organizations, holds back a lot of leaders and teams. So let's redefine it. And here's what I found. I found a gentleman by the name of Dr. Dean. Uh, Jospold, and I could be saying the name incorrectly, but it's Dr. Gene uh, Jospold. And here's what he has to say about conflict. He says, we now know that conflict itself is not destructive and that when constructively managed, so it is important to know how to manage conflict, but when constructively managed, it can help us dig into issues, understand problems, create solutions, 
and strengthen relationships, and that these findings are not limited to the West. We've made progress on understanding and managing conflict, a progress that is potentially invaluable in our increasingly interdependent global world. However, despite this documentation of the contribution of well-managed conflict, conflicts are still widely, watch this, conflicts are still widely considered destructive and to be avoided even by fellow researchers. Fellow researchers. So that's what he's saying, is that even in the academic world, uh, when we know that conflict can be good, it can bring positive outcomes. Most people don't want to talk about it or write about it or research about it because it's still viewed as negative. Okay. Uh, so again, in his definition, we see some really positive words. It says when constructively managed conflict, you know, conflict can help us dig into the issues, understand problems, create solutions, strengthen relationships. Now here's how I kind of got started on this. Obviously I'm teaching the class, but then I, I just, I, just finished watching the first two seasons of, of Ted Lasso. Highly recommend it. It's, um, you know, I was told it's, it's got a lot of great leadership lessons, and it does. Probably a little bit unrealistic in a lot of ways. It's more inspirational, feel good in a lot of ways, but it's almost, it's not too inspirational or, or realistic. It's everything we need it to be. And it's like Jason Sudeikis was born to play that role in his 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 coaching staff as well. It's just such great characters, such great development, great show. Um, but in 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 the show, one of the cast of characters, her name is Dr. Cheryl Fieldston of uh, uh, Fieldstone. So if you know the show Ted Lasso, you know that they brought in this this kind of quirky. He's got a little bit of an accent or whatever from Kansas, I think it is from the United States, and he's coaching football soccer. Okay, over in England. And it all starts really, really bad. I mean, I was watching this kind of uncomfortable because it was just really negative towards the, I felt bad and it's, it's a show and I was feeling bad for the guy. So by the end of the first season, he's gotten everything wrapped up and they're really, they're a fun team to be around. They're, they're getting along. Finally, they've gotten rid of some people that are causing conflict. And so they've got a really good team atmosphere open. Uh, and yet, and yet, they're a losing team open up to season two. And then it introduces this new character, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. And uh, she's kind of doing an assessment on the team, on the organization. And here's what she says. She, uh, she stops Ted Lasso, who's the coach outside in the parking lot one day. And he's asking the question, well, okay, tell me what the assessment is. I'll tell you tomorrow. No, 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 no. Tell me now. Uh, I'd like to hear it. And here's what she says. She says, there's a wonderful atmosphere here. All the employees are thoughtful and kind, and they actually listen to one another. And Ted Lasso, as he's listening, he brightens up. Oh, well, this is awesome. Um, and then she says something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here, they're also losing every game. Or she asks him the question, I think, um, or he says, well, that's awesome, Doc. I'm, I, I so appreciate you telling this to me, and I, it sounds like we're doing a good job. He said, well, you have to ask yourself the question. You've got all this positive team environment but you're not winning any games. And that made him rethink. And then I don't want to tell you if you haven't watched it, but oh, I'll tell you this one thing. He goes back and he hires one of the people that they let go. Uh, even though this person was controversial and caused conflict on the team, but he was also a really great player and they needed him. If you study any kind of uh, sports, 
The Last Dance. I think it's still on Netflix. And you see the story of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and how much conflict, you know, was had there. And and, and Phil Jackson was constantly ha- having to manage these egos and Michael Jordan at the top of his game. But he wasn't, from what I understand, he wasn't easy to play with. Right. He brought a lot of conflict to the team. He made people feel uncomfortable, but take him off the bulls right back in 96, 90, you know, take him off of the, the team. And what would they have been? Well, they wouldn't have been the Chicago bulls that they were right. They needed Michael Jordan, even though he wasn't Mr. Nice guy, they needed that conflict. Uh, I have some pictures in front of me here. And this comes from this, this idea. And I think that this is really important. Uh, for us to understand, I've got these pictures here. Again, if you're looking at this on YouTube, you'll be able to see these pictures. I don't know if you can recognize there, but there's some pictures there. You've got uh, the Joker, Darth Vader, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character from uh, Django Unchained. Uh, My Precious, I don't know who that guy is from. I think that's Lord of the Rings. And then there's another guy, Snake, maybe the guy is. I don't know if it's Snake or not, but it's, it's the... It's the antagonist. So these are a list of antagonists, but it's the antagonist from Harry Potter. Here's the deal. Take any movie that you've watched that is an incredible movie. There's always an antagonist, right? Which means, so you have the protagonist, which is kind of the the person you're rooting for, right? If you think about any superhero uh, a movie out there, a- any action hero, there's going to be the protagonist. You find yourself rooting for them, Superman, Wonder Woman, whoever it is, you're going for them. But in order for them to get to whatever, uh, to accomplish the mission, there's always has to be the antagonist. Now take out any antagonist in the movies that you watch. What does that movie become? Right. I'm thinking back to Mission Impossible and the different antagonists that were in those movies. Take out the antagonist and what is Mission Impossible? It's a lousy movie, right? Take out um, the Joker and what is Batman? It's lousy. Why would you want to watch it? It's a guy who wouldn't have a job. Um, you know, take out Darth Vader. I, I was never a Star Wars fan, I'm still not to this day, but I imagine if you take Darth Vader out, uh, it changes up the entire scope uh, of the story, the arc of the story. Here's the deal. The antagonist is necessary in life and in leadership and in the organization, right? It's necessary in art. It's necessary in movies. And I would also say it's necessary uh, in your life and it's necessary in your your leadership. So please stop. I want to ask you this. When people are going against what you have to say, when they're confronting you, when they're opposing you, when they're playing the role of devil's advocate, stop thinking that this is a person you have to manage. Stop thinking that this is a person who's um, who is uh, a Debbie Downer or negative Nancy. Now, now, again, a lot of times with those personalities, it does tend to be the person who tends to be a little bit more negative. The sky is always falling. Any idea you put form, they're going to find five things wrong with it. But you know what? Go with it. Right. Even if they're like that in their normal life and maybe you don't want to hang out with them outside of work or outside of the team, it doesn't matter. This person will make you better, just like the antagonist in the movie makes the movie 10 times better. The conflict, the devil's advocate, the you know, the person who's always the Debbie Downer, the person who can find everything wrong in your scenario, in your business, in your team, in your organization, um, that person also adds a great deal of value to your organization. I want you to think about every choice you've made. I want to, I want you to think about every bad choice that you've made in life. Imagine if you had a negative Nancy next to you, a Debbie Downer, 
a negative Nelly or Ned or whatever it is, uh, trying to be diverse here. Imagine if you had that person, the devil's advocate with you right when you were getting ready to make the dumbest decision of your life. Do you think you would have made that same dumb decision? Probably not. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. You need conflict in your life. Yes, you need to know how to manage it. And if you have a person on your team who's always Debbie Downer, so what? So you have to figure out how to manage. And that means you know, you know, you can't let that person dominate the conversation. You can't let their attitude infuse the organization. Here's one thing that I tell people, uh, especially organizations or teams. As long as everybody is united on the purpose, the vision, and the mission, well, the mission is constantly changing, right? That's that's something that will change over time because the mission is how you get the job done, how you achieve the purpose and the vision. So that's changing. And that's where you need the devil's advocate to figure out how do I, how do we do this mission better? But if everyone is aligned on uh, purpose and vision. They're going in the same direction. They want the same thing you want. Then you know what? Leave them alone. Let them be the negative Nancy and understand this. You will find a great deal from them. One last point I want to make about this as well. Sometimes the negative Nancy, right? If they haven't always been the negative Nancy and, and they're kind of new to it, sometimes the negative Nancy is someone who's really frustrated because things aren't going the way that they need to be going. And what do you do? You shut them to all oh, that person has a bad attitude. That person's not a team player. That person causes conflict on the team. Yes, they do and allow them to because you now understand you need the protagonist. You can't have a team full of them. I remember years ago, I led a board and it was filled with protagonists. And every board meeting was like going to, uh, you know, going to do battle. Everyone had something negative to say. I, I mean, and I, that was such a lesson for me. I did a horrible job of putting people on that board. It was just one of the, my worst decisions because I put a bunch of yes people on that board and they didn't you know, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't put yes people. I, I put strong will people, but I love strong will people. These weren't strong will people. These were negative Nancy's who were there to uh, find everything wrong and they didn't make the organization better. So I probably could have managed that better. I'm sure I could have. Uh, there are a lot of things that I could have done. That was several years ago. Um, but I will tell you this. I'm never going to go to the point in life where I think I don't want somebody who's negative because they help make you and the organization and the team better. So. You need conflict. You need the devil's advocate. You need the antagonist. So empower them. Make it happen. You as the leader have to get better at learning how to manage it. Uh, that's all I got for you this week. So I, or not this week, but today. But I hope that helps you this week in your own leadership of your team, your organization. Go ahead. Empower the antagonist. Be the protagonist, but empower the antagonist and uh, watch and see how it makes you and your organization better. I'll see you in the next next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to my podcast, JC Talks, a leadership podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast and be the first to get new episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.